Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. Everybody, not to interrupt me, but that person. <laughs> no worries. Well, good thing is we just got live on Facebook. So, with that, um, thank you for being on, and everybody at home or on the on the job or whatever it may be, or after we finish this. But thank you for listening. This is uh, Reflection Artist Live number thirty-two, and we have special guest Steve Goldman, uh, owner and third generation owner, I should say, and president of Artex Laboratories, which is. Uh, you know, detail and supplies and products that are produced directly through them, by them. And they have fantastic products that are all across the U.S., which we'll get into, of course. Uh, but it's Wednesday. We're here. It's June 9th. We're right after the social, or I'm sorry, the social, the Southern Detailing Conference. Oh, we social, social Detailing Conference. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but I uh, wanted to introduce him. I mean, he's been in the industry, gosh, over 30 years um, in Artex. I mean, it's a legacy brand. For those of you who don't know, it's 72 years old. I mean, that's that's a true legacy brand amongst others in our industry. But this one has 72 year old, two years of background in regards to what they've done for the detail industry. And we want to shine some light on that. And of course, shine some light on Steve and you know him and his background of coming up in Artex and how all that got started. So Steve, um, thank you for being on and, um, you know, tell us how you got started in this wonderful world, wonderful world of detailing in your younger years and how all that even stemmed of you continuing the legacy of, of Artex. Yeah, well, you know, as, as a family business, there was certainly a lot of opportunity to engage in the different aspects of what was happening. And uh, I spent a lot of time here, you know, if I was involved in any activity, personal, whatever, where I had to meet my father at the business to help out, or um, if he brought home products to play with or experiment, or if I was even just doing cars or detailing around the neighborhood, um, I would do it. Like a teenager kind of scenario, like super. Yeah, very young. So it was always uh, some extra dollars for the weekends and, you know, a little extra play money to buy records back then. Those were the expensive (laughs) things, you know, everybody an LP was pretty exciting, or maybe some videos were, uh, you know, coming out. And uh, so I, I did a little bit of that, not a whole lot, but, you know, I was involved in it. And, uh, you know, summer times, if, uh, you know, most summers, if there was some work to get done, and there's always work to get done, I, I used to, you know, do the grueling tasks that people didn't want to, like painting drums that were returned, and you, you recondition them in-house back then. That was a, a long time ago. Um, cleaning buckets or whatever. And, you know, eventually I was starting to fill some products with guys helping out. And it was a fun atmosphere actually back then. It, you know, there was a lot of, not a whole lot of guys in the facility, but they they had music blasting. They were singing while they were filling. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot of Motown. So we were in a center city, Philadelphia and nice. that's what they were listening to. So it was, it was a good scene. Um, and so I spent a lot of time doing that kind of stuff, mostly, you know, just on the summers though. And so that's how I kind of got introduced to it. But um, growing up, my father always had, uh, I wouldn't say exotic cars. He he had nice cars, you know, he had Jaguars and, you know, uh, he had a um, couple of other nice sporty cars. Um, 
and he kept them looking nice and they were fun to drive. They were fast. And, you know, so I, I got that passion for cleaning cars and having a clean car and I enjoyed cleaning cars. And like I tell a lot of people in this business, there's a lot of people, if you cut their arm, they're going to bleed polish. And I think you're cut obviously from that. And there's a lot of people and I, I don't know how much the future generation is like that, you know, with autonomous cars coming online and things yeah. like that. But, you know, back in the, I guess, forties, all the way through the eighties and nineties, people used to, you know, really get into to cars and they'd want to see the newest. And if, you know, if you, if you as much as put a Ferrari 308 GT on TV and called the show something like Magnum PI, people were tuning in to see the car half the time. That's what yeah. I was looking at. Perhaps some of the girls, but you want, when you saw that Ferrari race yeah. by, you were like, wow, that's nice. That and it was the Magnum PI. And uh, what was the other one? Um, gosh, with the, the, oh gosh. Are you talking Miami Vice? No, Miami Vice was another one, but then yeah. there was um, with the, with the, the red light that went across the front of it. Oh, oh, uh, Knight Rider. Sure. Knight Rider. Yes. Yeah. I love that. The car got me out of that show. Yeah. 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 So, you know, back in the day, there was a lot more, I think, zest about cars. There's still plenty of it today. It's not going away. But, you know, I had that bug. Um, I would say my father had that. And, you know, people that come into this industry, they tend to have a passion for cars. You know, it's more than transportation. There's some people want to get to point A and to point B and it's no big deal. Other people, they want to, you know, they're proud of this form of transportation. They take care of it. They want it to look nice and they stay after it and yeah. they enjoy that part of, you know, what you do. And I'm obviously one of those guys. Uh, there's a ton of people here working at Artex. They're that way. And you could tell when you talk to them that that's something that they have some passion for. And so having that passion and having this in my family and, you know, it's kind of a natural development that I got more and more involved and uh, spent some time here before college, but really right after college, uh, it was 1990. Um, I had an opportunity to come in here. And in 1990, um, you were pretty young back then. Yes. Yeah. I'm 38. So I was like eight years old. <laughs> yeah. So, so many things changed so dramatically. And, and that was and a so transition of uh, old single stage paint, lacquer paint to also base coat, clear coat during that late eighties, early nineties, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, there was a lot of changes in that part of the industry, but when, when I stepped out of college, the big transition that was engaged was transitioning from paper to computers. Oh, and, uh, yeah. you know, it, it wasn't my life dream to bury myself working in computer worlds, but it was, it was very, uh, transitional at the time. We had just hired somebody, um, who was maybe an excellent uh, accountant. He was actually um, a certified accountant, but he didn't have a grasp on the computer technology. And he actually started driving this company in a bad direction. <clears throat> As we transitioned from third-party sources to in-house, things went pretty hectic. And I was there to kind of pick up the pieces. And I stepped into that role. And I, I spent the next 10 years really getting the technology of the organization in a format where you know, what was happening back then is not only weren't people aware of what the computers could do and were only told that it makes life easier, where in fact, it was actually a lot harder because you had to feed these machines so much information that you didn't do before. So back then, there was a lot of information overload. Everybody had data 
to the nth degree, but nobody knew how to analyze it or get any benefit from it or use it in a way that was helpful for the business. And it was in a filing uh, cabinet back then. Just a big giant filing cabinet. <laughs> <that> mostly <laughs> didn't have filed paper put away yet, right? No. So um, the, the beginning part of my career, there was a, a big void and a deficit in this type of technology. Computers were just coming online. Um, faxes were thermal still. They, they oh my goodness. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> which was nice. You didn't have to buy ink, but I mean, I'm talking, you get those rolls that scroll up. And um, so the, the times were just so different back then. And, and, you know, what we have at our fingertips with, with iPhones today, or if you don't like an iPhone, yeah. uh, the, the smartphone you were talking about earlier, um, you know, it, it's just hard to even imagine what it's like engaging in a business that's transitioning to what's going to become the new norm in 10 or 15 years. So that, that really um, absorbed a lot of my energy. And fortunately we, we had, uh, my father was always very involved in the sales side of it. He was still very active into the nineties and um, he worked, uh, you know, we had Sean who was in the sales, direct sales selling off a route truck for many years in the early eighties became uh, available at the same time, 1990 when I started. And so he had a tremendous experience with the sales side of it. In he, terms came, of he came with the company when you took over. Uh, actually, he came back with it about the same time I did because he had the, a little window of time where he did a little um, work with uh, Chrysler. Gotcha. But he came back in 1990 and he came back in a different, much different capacity. And he integrated nicely with my father on the sales side where I was trying to pick up the pieces internally of systematizing things, getting, you know, a lot of things that had to, you know, upcoming things in terms of uh, material safety data sheets, GHS transition, um, regulatory requirements. Uh, we, we moved the facility in those days a, a couple of times. We moved from uh, a, a really bumpy neighborhood in North Philadelphia to Ben Salem, and I was heavily involved in that transition. We moved the warehouse out, and we were going to bring production out. And then we found this other building in uh, Northeast Philly, where we're at now, which 80,000 square feet. That's a, that's a lot of property. That's so, a lot to take on. I mean, your first, yeah. you know, your first take, you know, coming into the company and then you're, you're basically, you transitioned all your paper to digital. I mean, you were on the yeah. forefront of that, which yeah. kudos to you, because that's probably what set the stage for the years to come, right? Oh, absolutely. And then, yeah. and then of course, the, the moving of, I could only imagine what it's like to have to move a facility like that. I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah, there's some fun pictures I have of my father driving a forklift and me helping out and stuff like that because yeah, there is yeah, multiple, memories. multiple truckloads of you know tractor trailers moving product back and forth. Uh, it's the first time I drove an 18-wheeler, which was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> just in the backyard, not out on the street. That's, that's some tough stuff. Don't worry, coming through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stay clear. But uh, so the transitions this company was going under in the 90s, I was I was very fortunate to be able to invest a lot of time in getting that situated, set up, manage, dealing with a lot of different aspects of the business, for the most part, a lot behind the scenes. So uh, on the forefront, I have my father who was still very active and he was freed up to worry about other things besides um, some of the nooks and crannies that I jumped into that were otherwise his responsibility. So that freed him up. And in combination with someone who used to work selling directly to the marketplace, as well as someone who's detailed before and Sean, um, he was able to take his background, combine it with what he was doing, 
and go out into the marketplace and really develop a lot bigger of an opportunity for the organization to grow both with our direct sales market and our distributions points, which have continued to grow since the 90s very nicely. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. So with that, I mean, that's, wow. So once you got established and then, you, you know, where, where you're at, once you picked up the business, uh, Artex itself in the 90s, did you end up uh, with a lot of R&D? Did you end up adapting to the market and also producing a lot of products during your term now of owner and president over what was previous? Yeah, well, um, we, we were very fortunate to get some, some very, very, very talented chemists into our organization um, in the late 80s and early 90s. We had some real talent and we still have some good talent today. So a lot of products were developed. Um, what would happen... When, when, the, when the 90s finished up, my father looked at his watch and he said, uh, it's about 50 years in, I'm, I'm getting kind of tired of this. He, uh, he made plans to move down to Florida. He's, you know, with the internet, of course, you, you never, yeah, you like that. <laughs> you're never far from work if you're in Kentucky or Florida or Philadelphia, wherever you're at. Um, with technology, you can stay pretty actively involved unless you're literally detailing a car. Yeah. And so he was still very active in the early 2000s, but um, we brought in someone on an executive level so I could kind of learn some of the executive side from a non-family member for a few years. And around 2004, I was on my own and moving forward with the organization on all aspects in terms of managing um, production personnel, research and development, sales, you know, working with Sean, office, all the different pieces, regulatory, the, the whole gauntlet. And um, of course, with a lot of support with me, I'm, you know, able to get all that done. And yeah, we, we work closely with our, our sales staff. You know, we have a substantial sales staff uh, yep. down in Florida, up here in Philly, Maryland, Baltimore area, um, Jersey. So we have a lot of uh, information about what's going on in the marketplace on a, a regular basis. So we coalesce that information, look for things that are needed. If technologies are changing with paints and chemicals aren't performing to their optimum performance. What is it about this that has changed and what can we do to enhance our chemistry to make it a better fit for the industry? Absolutely. So yeah, I, I definitely get a lot of that feedback from our direct sales, our, our distributors. And, you know, we really, I think, have a really great um, thumbprint on the pulse of what's going on in our industry oh, yeah. because we access so many different outlets from Canada down to Florida uh, some international locations that we're active with. And you get a lot of that feedback because the first thing you know about if a product doesn't meet an obligation, they're letting us know. Yeah. And, and we're, we're a very aggressive company. We've always been pretty aggressive. Um, I think you, you probably know how aggressive we like to be. And so when, when you do that, a lot of times you get the respect of a phone call and, uh, we talk a lot about that. Customers have the opportunity when they're dissatisfied to switch brands or to call and say something. And, you know, some people think you don't like when customers complain. That's an opportunity to know yeah. when there's a problem and figure out how to make it better. So you you beg for a complaint from a customer so that you can figure out how to do things better. And, and that's something I've been very passionate about, yeah. not just with customers, but across the board at this organization. There's a, a, a term I, I work with is, you know, knowledge isn't power. A lot of people say, if you have knowledge, you have power. It's the use of the knowledge that's powerful. So when you gain that information, what do you do with it? 
So if you just hear something and you, you pass the buck and you hope it gets fixed, that doesn't really solve any problems. But when you take account and information related to what those problems are, and you categorize it in a way you could follow up, analyze, make sure you reach the end goal and the end game, you're providing customer satisfaction. And that's what we strive to do. And like I said, we have a great chemist here who is very open to options and opportunities, and, and he considers a lot of things, develops a lot of things. And um, like I said, we've been very fortunate with the quality of talent we've had in our chemists. Um, our, our cleaners are, are outstanding. Our ceramic product is um, off the hook. Uh, the polishes, the waxes, you know, I, I know you've used a lot and there's a lot of good, I'm not the only good product out in the marketplace, but I know we're on, you know, the top end of that pyramid and very excited to go up against any product in the marketplace and, and do side by sides, which is where you see the difference in quality. Yeah. You know? and with, without getting too much into the product side on the growth side, two things, um, you know, as, as, as a child, teenager, you know, growing up in the facility and around the facility, are there still a good handful of guys or employees that have been there since that time that you're, that you remember growing up around? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There was a story when I walked into the office once and I, I spun the um, sink faucet the wrong way and it squirted out all over the place, made a giant mess. My face got all red. Kind of happy those guys are gone because I got <laughs> razzed about that for about 20 years. Um, but yeah, no, we absolutely have, um, an unbelievable tenure of people. So uh, oh, Larry, Larry awesome. Saxby in the back, um, he's just, he's a legend to me. He, he you know, he, he loves being here. Um, we usually have to kick him out because it's time for me to go. And I put in some dog long hours, but he's ready to stay here with me. And he's in the back, he's filling products today and uh, helping out with everything we do in production back there. And he's been with us. Um, I think he's pushing three decades. Um, out that on the a sales. lot to that brand culture. So yeah, no, it's, you know, we, um, you know, and that, that's internal staff on the, on the sales side. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever met Bill Bound. He's been with us for over 30 years. Um, Paul Copes, uh, you, you met him this uh, weekend at the SDC. He was a salesperson for us in the early 90s, um, was doing direct sales for, you know, over a decade. And now he's back with us in a different capacity for almost half a decade or, or so. And he's working to let customers know that we're not just a company that wants to just um, peddle products. And, you know, we've been preaching this for a number of years, but I think it's becoming a mainstream statement. It's not so exciting to talk about being a partner with your customer anymore. But, you know, intuitively, a partner is someone who makes a business better. And if our customers are our partners and we're making them better, they're buying more product. So it's a very symbiotic type of relationship. And we've developed that kind of culture and relationship with as many of our customers as we can. And Paul is there to let them know that that's what we do. And he's been doing an outstanding job for us. And, and he's got, you know, just a, a tremendous length of career with us. Um, Sean, you know, since, yeah. since the eighties, uh, Albert's been with us forever at this point. Um, Estefano was a little newer, but he, he's got a, a tremendous amount of years. Um, the, the woman who works in our office, Tia, she's been with us since the eighties. Um, and she's still here working hard. Uh, Tia, she's been here forever. Um, just a, a, a lot of long tenure and, you know, we try to take care of our people and I, I yeah, well, they that shows staying that here. Yeah. Staying that long, that definitely shows, you know, because yeah. there's a lot, especially with where we're at in the world today, right? Nobody wants work yeah. and this and that. 
but being able to have those employees that see the vision, the brand culture, love coming to work, enjoy doing it, and especially putting that much time in, because let's admit it, a lot of times you do something over and over again, it does get to a point where you start to question doing it over and over again. And the fact that they're not and they're enjoying it, that says a lot. That says yeah. a whole lot. Yeah, the, the, the current guy in production who's almost running almost 90% of what we do in the back from warehouse to production and, and everything, he, um, he started as a temp um, and in, not in this building. So, you know, we were 30 miles away and he was 20 miles south of the 30 miles south we were here. And he's traveling up here and he's still with us. And uh, so, you know, he knew the production manager before. He, he worked with my father. Um, you know, it's really great. As a matter of fact, the truck driver still stops by. Uh, his name is Spatz. And he still stops by and says hello on a regular basis. He worked for my grandfather driving a truck. And he still comes by to say hello. Uh, he worked for me maybe half a decade. Uh, he, I think he was done in the mid-90s. But he is still stopping by from when he was delivering in the 60s off of a big drum delivery truck. And, uh, you know, it, it's fun out there. Outside the building, it's there's you know, challenges in the building. It's not yeah. always air conditioned everywhere. And, you know, there's challenges at every business, but out, out in the street, you know, you build relationships, not, not just the salespeople, but the truck drivers. Right. So, yeah. you know, we do a lot of drum deliveries to different parts of the marketplace. And, you know, those guys develop relationships with people and, you know, it, it's a fun way to, to go about doing things. And uh, I was reading a book uh, when I went down to the SDC about overwork thought, you know, I kind of fit into this thing. Let me read what this overwork thing is all about. And I thought it was interesting that it wasn't that people overwork because they want more money. It's because they enjoy what they're doing. They enjoy the success of achieving the results that they're looking for. And they enjoy it so much, they spend more time. I want to get one more round of success before I go home today. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously a lot of people, they, if they're willing to work hard, it's because they're achieving something that they enjoy and they're proud of in you know being able to achieve that thing and so if you can develop that you can develop a long-term relationship which is, has been great for us for sure nice so as far as growth though i mean with you guys originating in philly mm -hmm. let's talk about you know how that kind of you know scaled out where you started expanding from one market to another where did all that start was that in your time and your presence of, of everything mostly um yeah yeah, you know, uh, when, when my grandfather started it, he was obviously, you know, not a big operation. He was, they were very regional. Um, my father got involved and he developed and had different ideas of how to move forward with things. And um, I, I think uh, my grandfather, Aaron, um, he, he loved chemistry. And, and I, I, great, I got a great little picture of some stuff here, but I don't know how to share the screen. So, but, you know, he went out and bought a chemistry set. And he actually kept a personal log and I was just rereading it a few minutes ago. And it's, it's fun to read. And he talks about his first chemical set. He begged his father for it. His father didn't think it was a good idea. He didn't want to waste the money. And he went out and he bought it eventually. And he's got a picture of all the bottles up on his walls and the turpentines and all, all, all the different colors. And he was very excited and proud. And um, he enjoyed tinkering with the chemistry and he developed some great products and he was, you know, Back in, in the, the 30s, I guess when he was around 19 or 20 years old, he was doing door-to-door -door sales and trying to come up with different things from cosmetics. And, you know, he found a niche 
in the automotive field, particularly in the big white wall tires, which in the 30s, that was yeah, that was the both, thing. That was the hardest thing to clean and, and the most bright thing on the car. You know, they were mo mostly black cars. And uh, so he, he found a, an opportunity to penetrate into the gas station where they did all the, if you will, detailing. And so that's how I think it really developed more out of a, a cosmetic entrance into the automotive and eventually got together with his partner, Dexter, and they started up Ardex and they started going after this marketplace. But I think it was more a passion of playing with chemicals than it was a passion to develop sales and growth. So he, he enjoyed the, the technology of it, not knocking on the doors so much from what I've been told. My father, on the other hand, he got more aggressive. He wanted to you know, engage the marketplace and he enjoyed seeing the growth of the company. He established route sales in the Philadelphia marketplace where there, if there was any, it was limited and uh, hired some additional staffing and, and saw things develop, hired Sean up as, as one of those guys in the eighties. And uh, you know, he continued to try to keep the foot on the, the gas. And, you know, we went out and we developed some distributor relationships that they grew nicely, um, mostly regional, but um, some, some distant ones. And, you know, when I stepped in, he had a nice base of, of operations. Um, but as Sean mentioned on his podcast, there was a lot more opportunity. Um, so, you know, we, we knew we had the right chemistry, chemicals, the right chemistry, um, and a good distribution process. And so we expanded it where we had two or three trucks. We made it four or five trucks um, in the few years later than that. Um, I, I oversaw the acquisition of a competitor that was in the area doing something. And so that really stepped us up a lot where we had um, acquired that operation and put more trucks on the road. And, you know, concurrently, we were still, we were growing nicely with our distributor marketplace and hiring people to develop, you know, some, some more of a strategic points in the country. And nice. we continued on that path as Sean stepped in as a new role, he helped enhance all those um, points of sale and, and growth and, um, we've continued to watch that grow. And what we discovered is, you know, some of the distributors that um, were ready to finish up where they weren't focused on what they were doing in distribution, there was an opportunity for us to say, yeah, you know, we, we could step into that role. And that's how we ended up in the, the Florida markets down there we, where we've grown nicely as well. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have quite the, the brand following here in Florida, for sure. Yeah, and, and fortunately, we have Estefano and Albert, to, you know, really thank for developing a lot of that. Sean was integral in, in, in getting those pieces up and running. And uh, so, yeah, we, you know, you, you have to have the right chemistry, but it's also about the relationships. And, you know, that's an important part of it. And it, and that relationship is, is more than just being friendly. It's about helping your customer. It's about being a partner. And it's all about training, which now we have the IDA to focus some of that attention on as well, which is outstanding and why I'm, you know, a big proponent of it as well. But, you know, earlier on, you really needed a lot more of that support. You didn't have the internet. And even with the internet, you never know if it's a vested interest that's explaining something a certain way versus this is the right way you should do it. So even on social media, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. You, you could hear two different things in the same breath on the same subject and not know which way to go. So that, you know, closer contact with someone who could actually show you in live demo and explain um, provides a tremendous benefit to the marketplace. And that's where we've seen a lot of success doing that kind of stuff. The, um, 
the growth of everything did you are you outside of the u.s or strictly north america yeah yeah it's funny i just got an email yesterday for new caledonia you know where that's at i wouldn't yeah. know either yeah yeah, yeah. raise your hand <laughs> I just close you my it. eyes and put my finger on the map <laughs> yeah you'd, you'd still miss it it's a little island not far it's about the size of new jersey next to uh like around fiji um and wow. uh yeah they want to buy some products but I don't think it's real. But outside of that nonsense, yeah, we do have some great distribution points internationally. And uh, they, they've been with us. Uh, you know, one, one of our good relationships is in this uh, country of Israel. They've been buying from us uh, since the late 90s. And, wow. and they've, they've been doing a, a real bang up job. And yeah, there, there's a bunch of other distribution points, some coming on. You know, they, they could be touch and go, you know, some of those areas and, you know, e even distributors, there's challenges to maintaining those relationships. So um, a lot of our distributors are, are super strong, super loyal, and, uh, you know, we love them to death. It's a tight net network. They know they can call up and reach me if they have questions. Um, it, hopefully reach out to Sean first if it's uh, a mm -hmm. question, but they know they could reach me. Um, so we have a very tight relationship with our distributors and, and we really enjoy those relationships. And uh, yeah, they're not in every city yet, but you know we have a lot of strength in a lot of different parts. More so on the eastern side, you know, side of the country, uh, you, you got some strong players out um, in uh, the west coast. It's very hard, just freight wise, to manage. Yeah, that's um, a coast to coast is always a freight issue, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you got guys like John Bell. They they have their areas. They're they're doing outstanding, and we have our areas, and we're very strong. But uh, freight, particularly these days, is really just insane. But of course, everything is insane today. Um, we we've been seeing uh, astronomical cost increase, and and um, across the board, from accessories to chemicals to supply shortages and uh, labor issues, freight costs, uh, yeah. fuel, everything is on fire right now, and you know. I, I hope it's temporary, but um, yeah, it, it's been a, a very rough time, as, as if COVID wasn't enough, right? Yeah. Now yeah. everything seems like it's turned upside down on its head after things are finally quelling down, which, boy, I tell you, you go to Lexington, it was like it never happened, which is what you said about Florida yeah. to some degree, but I mean, it yeah. was unbelievable down there. Yeah. Still can't get over how many people were packed into a bar, drinking side by side, shoulder to shoulder. Um it was nice to see. It was fun. And it's funny because, you know, when you have someone like myself that come from Florida that's already used to that, I didn't see it to be any different. But then, like yourself and others that come from all different corners of the U.S., that, that is completely different. That's like, wow, what, what's going on here? This is actually normal. <laughs> I like they, this, but is it okay? <laughs> yeah, it, it was last week. They let my daughter, she's in uh, middle school. They let her go to school for the first time without with the option of a mask. Wow. Last week. Now, my, my niece in North Jersey, her school is still closed, not open. Poor kids. So the, 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 the dramatic changes around the country um, of how they decided the best way to handle this stuff. And you know, I don't want to get philosophical, but the amount of power that these people in political positions have to make these decisions is just, it's shocking. Yeah. Yeah, and we didn't realize how powerful it was until all this crap came out, right? Like, we kind of knew, but not to the extent of where yeah. we're at now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it makes you think a lot more about local elections. But let, let, let's stay off politics. I yeah, 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 yeah. That's a hot potato <laughs> so, there. With, um, now, have you guys um, uh, 
uh, entertained any other uh, industries with different products or has it always been automotive? The furthest, I mean, you know, if somebody wanted our products, they certainly fit into most janitorial needs. You know, like I said, we have a great cleaner. We have uh, fleet operations. We have bus operations. There's there's different types of uh, entities where they're doing routine cleaning. We do pursue the car wash industry to the extent that it's available um, because we have the chemistry, we have the chemist, and we have the distribution. So, you know, we have pretty much all the pieces. Um, we, we did work to develop that a lot more. It's a, it's a tough industry because if you're not selling the equipment, it makes it kind of hard to stay in the car wash industry. Yeah. Cause um, got the chemicals, they want the combination. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's not that necessarily they want it, but if there is a problem with the equipment, then you, you know, you have a, a situation where there's a vested interest with the equipment repair that is, is looking at the, um, that has chemicals to provide with it. Yes. So it becomes a little bit daunting, but we, we know we've, we've done a great job with a lot of car wash operations, um, some really significant car wash operations where we've provided second to none service and they realize it and they enjoy it and they, they keep us and it's 100% Ardex. So we know we can do it. We've proven it and we do it in a lot of different car washes, but um, it, it's not our strong suit. You know, we, we've definitely always been more detail oriented. Um, we, we've had tremendous success with uh, a lot of different products outside of the detailing industry, but that's always been our focus. Our, our, we're very proud of our polishes. Um, we're, we're very proud of our compounds. We, you know, we, we've had tremendous success uh, going head to head with all the brands out there. And, we, you know, like I said, I'm not the only one with a good compound, but I, I know we can go head to head with just about all the other ones out there and come out standing strong. So we, we've always had a, a big passion for that. You know, we're obviously not uh, embarrassed by any of our other products, but, um, you know, a soap to some degree is a soap. Um, not to say there aren't some innovations and uh, yeah, actually it's in testing right now, but we have a, a very innovative soap that is coming out that we're excited to see. Um, you can imagine what some of the innovation is because it's the buzzword of the day, but we, we have a lot of innovations coming out with soaps and cleaners but putting together a, um, a polish, that's, that's a, a challenge. That is a challenge, and, yeah. Yeah, where, whereas a lot of people might carry a, a private label brand and you know, they're, they're making their own cleaners. There's a certain ease to producing a, a cleaner that doesn't come with uh, the emulsions and the compounds that you have to put together. You know, there are temperature functions. There's uh, a lot of parameters that are very difficult to manage. And, we think we've done an outstanding job with that. It's hitting the sweet spot in all those parameters is, is what's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we think we've done good. So yeah, no. yeah. Now, obviously with a lot of the products, whether it be compounds, polishes, cleaners, liquids, whatever it may be, you definitely have a lot of options when it comes to quantity size. Would you say, and this is I think more of a question that I'm curious about your 55 gallon drums is I know you guys push a lot of that. Is that more, into the car wash realm is where you're seeing more of those being sold or is there actual some detail shops that are just doing such mass production um exercise and using those as well yeah it, it if you talk to bud and his equipment um they they might go through five gallon containers of some polishes because they run it through that um you know detail plus system yeah but uh yeah other than that you know there, there's a, a good percent is is, is gallon size um, you know, the, the, 
the, the quartz, the 20 ounce, the 16 ounce, um, you know, the, there's premium prices for packaging it in that kind of container. Yeah. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're a weekend warrior doing a car in your driveway or, you know, you have a bunch of friends you want to detail with, um, we, we absolutely have quartz and all that. You know, there's an ease of use to holding a quart and having quartz. Um, so we provide quartz. We don't do that much below quartz. Um, because that's more of a retail oriented thing. We've never been really in the retail space. I've seen that 16 ounce is usually when you get into that, you're more into the, yeah. Yeah. Consumer yeah retail yeah. side. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that are targeting that marketplace because of, you know, the ability to go on social media and, and promote a brand. So there's a lot of that going on. Um, yeah, it's never been our focus, but at the same time, it's not something we're incapable of producing either. No. So, um, we haven't put a lot of focus on that segment of the industry. It is a growing industry that, you know, there's a lot of uh, brands that are developing, be it private label or not, um, that are out there. So there, you know, there is opportunity to engage in that part of the marketplace, but uh, yeah, we have, like you said, a sweet spot. We were very successful providing a really quality product at a, you know, not the cheapest price in the marketplace, but a, a fair price. Yeah. And uh and we provide, like I said, we provide that relationship that goes along with the product to, to help people understand how to use it the right way. Because even if you have the best polish, if someone puts half a gallon on a pad, they're not going to be happy with the results. No. So it, it's not merely the product. And as a representative of Buffenshine, it's, it's not even just the product and the quantity. It's what goes along with it, be it the, the buffer, the pad, um, the pressure. There's so many variables and, and types of paints out there that if you're not providing some of that extra service, it's not that exciting. So to be able to provide both of that and to take care of those businesses that are out there, um, that's where we really you know, shine through. We, we don't necessarily have the best approach to that retail market where a guy is you know, doing a handful of cars in his house or, or something like that. But you know, after 70 years, we have a reputation and that's yeah. why we you know, we have a store here in Philadelphia. We have a couple down in Florida. Yeah. And, you know, we, because we're not in Pep Boys or Walmart or any of those box stores, if you've heard of Artex and you want to come get it, we do have people that will travel and come down and grab that stuff. And, you know, we don't like turning away customers. So no, but is that, and is that the only source where you have to contact the Artex rep or salesman in order to get the product? There's no other like online way of purchasing Artex? Well, we, we have a few different people that are out there repping the products. If you I think if you go on Amazon, there's a, a, a couple of people that have, you know, established themselves on Amazon where you could find the product through them. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, so there, there's an awful lot of people that buy Artex. There's some that buy it in, in large volume. And, uh, you know, what they do with it after I sell it to them, you know, it's supposed to have certain, uh, you know, territories where it's sold within exclusively. We don't send it all over the place. But a lot of people will have some stuff up online. And, you know, if they're not interfering with the distribution marketplace, then it's fine. Nice. Very nice. Now, with um, we were talking about products earlier with chemistry and everything evolving. You know, you guys took a big jump into ceramic and were very successful at it with the tungsten line. Uh, and now with introducing tungsten light as well as your topper and that were a standalone. Right. Mm -hmm. So now you have two different options in that category uh, when it comes to, you know, applied ceramics 
Are you guys looking at maybe trying to jump into the whole graphene chemistry of things that you're, you know, that where a lot of people in the market are going? Or are you going to stick with what you know best for now and kind of see where that goes? Yeah, we, we, unfortunately, we weren't um, one of the pioneers of ceramic. We were aware of it. We were investigating it and we developed it and had some chemistry available years before we released it. Um, but there, you know, some, some of the products out there, they, they caused a lot more problems than they solved. Uh, they weren't user-friendly um, and it, it wasn't providing a, a, a good enough amount of benefit versus the disadvantages of some of the problems that were developed with that product and the confusion of how to apply it, um, the cure time, the, you know, the, having a, a shop where you could put it where it doesn't get dust on it, you know, all that information uh, to me was, uh, was very paramount and understanding the chemistry and the application and the preparation and all those pieces. Um, it was a lot for me to, to uh, consume. And, you know, between me and Sean, we worked out different parameters of what was needed. Um, my, my younger brother, Dan, was very integral with that. He's been with us since 2014. Um, he, he's been doing incredible technology stuff in terms of how things were operating in the back and, and also some regulatory stuff. So he's been uh, to, to some degree helping me do what I did for my father, even though he's not my son. So it's been real nice. So I'm able to do and focus on other things within the organization than some of the other stuff that he's been able to run with. But he, he was integral with helping figure out some of those aspects of the ceramic, the warranties. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a different type of program than what we normally do. We sell products that work, that are good quality. Um, warranties was uh, a challenge to figure out. It took us a little while. Um, Did you have anything established with any paint sealants with dealerships? You know, with I know a lot in the 90s and early 2000s, that was a big thing with a lot of companies. Did you play a part yeah. in that at all? Uh, we had a lot of different pieces. We, we had a program called Diamond Tech. Um, it was an interesting program. Uh, it, there was a lot, there's a lot of challenges to that kind of stuff in terms of uh, some yeah. of the software that's involved and the people that are selling the cars and how they integrate the software with the F&I department that there were some barriers to entrance if you didn't have a relationship with a computer software company um, and, and, and a deeper relationship with the F&I where yeah. our, our goal is to have a deep relationship with everybody in the organization. But for the most part, we're meeting on a regular basis with the users, you know, and, and yeah. they are often decision makers but they're not F&I department. So no. there's a little bit of a disconnect, which you can imagine. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, while we did pursue that program and we, we've engaged in other programs over the years, either third party or internal, Diamond Tech was internal. Um, it, it never jumped up, you know, it was never a leading product for Artex. Um, gotcha. And I asked, cause I didn't know maybe any of that helped, you know, with spinning off and going into ceramic cause you had maybe some of that footprint there. Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I would think there was a tie-in. There, there was a pretty long breadth of time between the paint sealant world and the ceramic warranty world. Um, so, we, you know, we did develop that. We, we came out with all the facets of the ceramic um, programs that we've developed and put in the marketplace. But uh, it, it, was, it was not one of our early ventures. And, you know, I don't want to be timid. I told you I'm aggressive already. But uh, with graphene, I'm going to go through the same process to make sure that there's something of value that's being added beyond a label. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I want to make sure that there's some 
something that you could see the difference and recognize and gain benefit. Uh, you know, there are some brands and I won't mention any names that, you know, the ceramic doesn't really have anything to it. Um, everybody in this industry knows that that exists. Um, and it's, it's actually really easy to see. I mean, if you just pour some ceramic into a plate and if there's nothing left at the end of the day and it just all evaporates and there's no protection. So those products exist and some of them aren't small players that are doing it. No, it's, so, it's, uh, it's interesting to see how that all plays out because everybody has a, has a different recipe, right? Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's why everybody has a different palate too. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's different recipes. There's different um, activation levels too. So, you know, depending on how much active ingredient you've put in that product, you're going to get a different result. So knowing what the proper balance is, I'm going to make sure if I come out with something that I have something that's going to help our customers and be, you know, on the top of the playing field. And I, you know, I'd like to say that's why I'm here for 72 years or why the companies have survived 72 years to, you know, be careful with what we're doing, not rush to judgment and not throw something out there that you can't stand behind and have this company be successful for years to come. Yeah. So. And with, with what you guys have done with R and D behind that, I mean, that was, I feel it was a very successful product and successful move for you guys with the getting into the coding uh, arena to say yeah. um, the, the product is stellar. I mean, anybody who hasn't tried it, look, don't look at it for the warranty aspects and all the other content. Look at it for the application process. It's easy to use. It's pretty straightforward in regards to how it applies. And it gives you the results that you would be looking for that they can stand behind to say that you're going to get. So, and then they have this new formula, which I'm kind of curious to try, which is their tungsten light. Um, so I'm actually excited about that because I, you know, played with the original tungsten. So, and we're happy with that. But yeah, there's a lot of great things out on the market. Like you said, you're not the only player, but you do have something that is beneficial that you could bring to the table and stand behind when it comes to that category. Yeah. And there's, there's definitely been a lot of things we've learned in the past year, even during COVID that we've been developing and, uh, can't really talk about it yet because we're still testing it, but there's some, uh, there's four or five, maybe even six products that I am really excited to see enter the marketplace that are, are going to be very innovative and, and, and different. And uh, hopefully I'll get them out there to be more in the front end of the distribution of this type of product than we were with the ceramic, but we're, we're getting a much better handle on how to work with that type of chemistry. And, and it's really cool chemistry the way, um, it, 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 and how it's so much different than the um, more traditional types of coatings that exist um, in terms of how it catalyzes together and, and the molecules layer, you know, flat and more of a strong structure, which is part of the foundation of what the ceramics do and how they're different than, you know, some of the traditional products that have been in the marketplace and why they're so durable. So, um, you know, the flexing of that is, is an important part. And that's what we've been experimenting a lot with. And uh, we're starting to see some other products come out of it. So we're, we're pretty excited nice. about what's coming. Now with the stuff you have in the works, are we planning on seeing possibly a couple of these things or at least one of these things, maybe at SEMA or somewhere like that, where you could, you know, reveal? I, or is I that short, too short of a yeah. time frame? Yeah, it's not going to be quite ready by then. But um, the ne next big event, we're definitely going to be um, showing a video on it and we'll have it for demos and I tell you that SD that SDC thing with having those gorgeous cars available for us to, to do work on. Um, what a privilege to be able to do that. I, I was 
expecting that it was going to be more like DMTE where you go to a, a training room and go up in front of a podium with a PowerPoint. So I even prepared a PowerPoint a little bit to, and then, you know, we were sitting there live talking, you know, almost one-on-one with groups of people. It was spectacular. Yeah. So my hat's off to them for being able to get, you know, aside from enjoying seeing all the exotics sitting next to our booth, but <laughs> to go into the training and have one in each one of those sections was, that was really novel. And the only thing I feel bad about is my coding's on half of the hood and some other coding is on the other half of the hood that we did. And now the guy who owns that car is sending me email. Well, what's going on with my car, by the way? And I'm like, ah. <laughs> You know, you might see a shiny side and a less shiny side. Which but, side know. of the hood do you like the most? Oh, yeah, yeah. that side, that's I, our side. I can't wait to see him next year. He's going to be like, how come your coding is this and that's that? And I'll be like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'm excited. That's awesome. So um, we're coming up on time. So uh, as far as finalizing everything, you know, I got to say, you know, who hasn't used Artex, try to find maybe somebody in your local market to get your hands on some of the products. Definitely check them out. They're, you know, in attendance for a lot of the current shows, like you just heard about Southern Detailers Conference, which if you weren't there next year, you got to be there. If you want to get in front of these manufacturers and meet owners such as, you know, Steve and, and be able to meet people in general and, and connect with them, that's where it's at. Mobile Tech as well, which we have coming up in Vegas at the end of August. And of course you have SEMA, but then overall, the bigger mobile tech is going to be, of course, Orlando, which usually falls around end of January, beginning of February. Yeah. Um and I did get confirmation from Sheldon that both of those are going on because I was stuck on a layover with the gentleman. So <laughs> I was able to pick his brain a bit about that. Um, but yeah, no, Artix, great company. Steve, thank you for uh, taking the time out of your day to, to join me and be part of another uh, Reflection Artist Live podcast. That means a lot. Hopefully we can have more of these in the future. And um, is there any um, word of advice that I could have you put out there for anybody listening, whether they're um, a distributor uh, or a salesman or even a detailer. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this because I've seen about 30 of these so far. I know you asked that question at the end. It's a great question. Um, but before I go on to that real quick, the, the IDA, um, big, big supporter, um, and I'm excited to see a lot of development in the consumer awareness and we, we need a lot of support from the marketplace. Um, and, and when I say that, I mean the members of the IDA to really help develop the consumer awareness part, because there was a lot of talk about the rising tide and everybody's boat lifts. But if you can't get passengers on the boat, what's the point of having a, a boat high in the water and the consumers being aware and requesting or wanting a certified detailer is a big part of that. And Absolutely. so I'm, I'm doing whatever I can to help promote that direction. I know the IDA has got things underhand right now where they're building um, things to make that more successful. And I, I'm going to do my part to try to help that as well. Um, and a shout out to Cheryl and the IDA and everything you've done for them as a past president and everybody else that's been working with the IDA. Um, uh, Keith DePlissy, a uh, number of years back, invited us to the uh, Founders Club. I'm very proud to be part of that. And uh, can't have a a talk with Justin without mentioning the IDA and giving that shout out to there because we are a big supporter of it and want to keep staying involved and see it develop like the way it has been. Um, yeah, thank you. And that's keep yeah. in mind that it's all volunteer work. So all of you, it's a process that we're got going, but all of us also have busy lives and busy businesses. So being as volunteer work, some things take a little slower to get off the ground than others. So just be patient because we're working on things. Trust me. Yep. And it takes a crowd. Yes. Um, 
words of advice, I, my, my thought, I went to the detailers because I think we have, you, you have a lot of detailers that are involved in, in these uh, events. And the thing as detailers, I, I want to say be detail oriented. Um, there's, you know, cleaning the tops of the windows. And, and one of the things that I saw someone else post, I, I don't know where or who, who coined it, whatever, no pun intended, but polishing the coins in the car that you give back to a customer is an example of being detail oriented. So if you detailed someone's car and they drive away and they notice that the coins they had in the cup holder are now shiny and they weren't before, um, that's the type of marketing gimmick. And if I could call it a gimmick, that's a type of detail oriented work that you could do to enhance your service so that people talk about why did I go to that and get that service? So I always thought that was just something really clever. And there's a lot of things like that. There's a lot of people that have those uh, plastic cutouts with their name and you vacuum the carpet the other direction. And, you know, it's not a big deal, but when you get your car out of there and, and, you know, you open the trunk and your friend says, what the heck is that? You know, that starts the conversation. And I think that's a great way to build your detail business. And that's what I would encourage people to do. And it, it, it could be the fine to thing of, you know, cleaning out edges, corners, trunks, the doors, obviously, the tops of the windows, all those little things that you don't do. Well, that's the detail industry that we're in, right? Is detail. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I'd leave it on that note. Um, I'm, I'm very excited that you're doing these. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy to be in the top 100. Um, I know you're on your way. Congratulations on all Thank the you. ones you've done. You've done a spectacular job. Um, you missed your calling as a, a talk show host. Yeah, but uh, I, just, I just try to hear things that might, you know, as a detailer, right? Just think about how yeah. the people are thinking and like questions that might be like, oh, let's touch on that a little bit more because that might be intriguing to some people. Well, it it, it blows my mind, uh, you know, and either people are very open or you're drawing that from them. But the, these have been really educational for a lot of people and letting people know that the, these companies out there, be it mine, my competitors, or, you know, other icons with the industry, um, we're, we're trying to do the right thing for people and, and provide a good quality product. And there's, you know, humanity in that and humility in it. And, you know, we're, we're trying to do our best and this puts a somewhat of a face on it. So it's yeah. exciting. And, to have the and it shows you're human, right? It shows yeah. that you're just as human as they are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all working. We're all working very hard. You know, it's not a joke out there. There's a lot of things to get done. We're all very busy. I know you're taking time out of your schedule to do this and you know, it, it's good work. So I, I thank you greatly for, you know, putting your time into it and, and developing this type of, uh, medium for sharing this kind of information and allowing me to be one of your guests. So I thank you for awesome. that. Steve. And I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Awesome. Well, Steve, thank you. And everybody at home, thanks for watching another episode of Reflection Artist Live, number 32. So we're going to go ahead and sign off. Uh, again, Steve, thanks for being on and taking your time. And everybody at home, that when they get the opportunity to listen or watch, thank you for listening and watching. Take care. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out buffandshine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.